as I look to the scriptures as a church body, we have a responsibility to impact our community, but how do we want to impact our community? And the fact is, is that obviously we want to impact them for Jesus Christ and not just for ourselves. And therefore, I wanted us to consider as a church body what we're doing in our community to impact them with the message of Christ. Um, I, I've been out uh, multiple, multiple weekends and just handing out tracts and going door to door. And uh, as I hand out tracts, uh, a comment was made, and I, and I pray about this because, you know, different people say different things, and it shouldn't really change who we are as a people. It should never change uh, as far as, as the church is concerned. But the thing that impacted me the most is that they see these out in our community a lot. And they said, it just seems like all you want is just to have people come to your church, but you're not interested in what we're doing in the community. And it impacted my heart when that was said, and I thought, wow, that's kind of a tough statement to take, isn't it? It's hard to take something like that in. And what we must be willing to do is go beyond our four walls to impact others sometimes. And so they have to see us in our community, not just are we handing something out, just trying to get people to come in, but they need to see that we care about our community as well. And I got to thinking about ministering to others, and one of the things that it does, it often requires the church body to go out among the world and compel them to come in into God's house, and we have to go out among them sometimes. And we see here in this particular picture Christ going out, and uh, as he went out by the seaside and the multitude came, and one of the things that he did is he taught them. He taught them while he was there. And so we see a series of things taking place, and you can see the Pharisees and the sinners, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they're at odds with one another, and you see these publicans and sinners sitting down with Jesus Christ, and of course, you know, with an arrogant maybe question, I don't think it was just a question of uh, religious, uh, uh, trying to gain some religious understanding, I think it was more a question of arrogance almost on the Pharisees' part. But I, I thought about this requires us to move outside of our comfort zone, and sometimes you have to do that. Uh, going outside our comfort zone and talking to people and, and, and really not just for the sake of saying, you know, I just want to get them in the church, but we want to win them to Christ for the kingdom of heaven, not necessarily just for a number sitting in our pew. And, and so I got to thinking about how important it is and how this requires us to move outside of our comfort zone and be willing to go into the community. And that, you know, there are times when we go out and they don't really understand us. They don't really know us. And yet we've been here for a long time, but they don't really know really who we are or where we stand or what we believe. And the thing of it is, is that sometimes you've got to build relationships to help bring people along. When Jesus went out and spoke to these multitudes, I guarantee you they didn't understand that he was the Messiah. <laughs> I guarantee you that there was things that he had to teach them that they were unaware of. And you see, what happens is, is that we're in a community that is very religious, and what it is is that they say, well, you have the same Christ that we have. But the fact is, is that the understanding that we want to bring to them is not a faith-based or a works-based faith, but a faith-based situation that we trust what Christ did and that we're not counting on uh, just religion to take a soul to heaven. We're counting on Jesus Christ to take the soul to heaven, helping them better understand where we're coming from. And here's the thing. Sometimes that takes time and, it, and you have to create a dialogue with people and you have to get to know them. 
And I, I really began to think we have to be willing to find ways to reach out and reach them. And it's important that we go to door to door. And I'd never stop passing out tracts. I'm never going to stop going door to door. And I'm never going to stop talking to people about Jesus Christ. And I don't recommend anybody do that because we ought to do that because we're commanded to do so. And we need to go into all the world and take the gospel to every creature. We need to take the message out there. And, and, and I think we need to read, uh, reach our Jerusalem. And uh, we need to reach the uttermost parts of the world. And you do that with the gospel message. But do you understand it also takes time sometimes to develop relationships with people and to talk to them about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so sometimes it takes a little bit more effort. And so we have to be willing to find ways to reach out and reach them. If that is all that our community sees is that we just want them to come to our church or come to a function just so we can count a number in a crowd, uh, that's not a good spirit to have in our community. What they need to see is that we really care about them and we want to help them. Some of those folks don't know that they even need help. And so they are sin sick and they believe that the religion that they're a part of sometimes is keeping them or taking them to heaven. And the reality is, is we know that they need Jesus Christ. Now, having said that, I'm asking this question to myself and to us as a church body tonight. Is Calvary Chapel spiritually impacting others, our community, for Jesus Christ? Are we really accomplishing that? Are we really impacting our community for Jesus Christ. Now, when you're trying to reach people with the gospel, it requires us to go outside of our comfort zone and outside these four walls. And so I'm going to look at a couple of things, and I want to show you what Christ did here in this particular case. And, and, and I want to use that as the foundation of this truth that I'm trying to share with you tonight about we have to go beyond these four walls. We can't minister to a community inside these four walls. We have to go outside these four walls to minister to a community. So we have to go beyond our comfort zone. And I believe the service of the servant of God can require us to go out among the lost. And a couple of things that you've got to think about is one, teach them. What did Jesus do here in verse 13? He, he, it says here, And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. He began to teach them. So whenever you're around people, uh, don't be, you know, don't jump on them, but talk to them. Find out where they are. Find out what they believe. And then use the scriptures to talk to them. And, and the best thing that you can do is teach them. Now, when I say that Jesus was teaching them, I don't think he was teaching them anything but truth. <laughs> I don't think he had some other doctrine that he was teaching them. I don't think he was teaching them how to plant corn. I think he was teaching them how to understand the truth of him as a coming Messiah. I think he was trying to teach them things that they needed to know. Now, we're required to teach the loss. And so the multitude that Jesus spoke to, they were not in a local church house, but an audience that had gathered following him down by the seaside. It wasn't just the group inside the church. That's where Jesus had gone, and this group had gathered with him. And then most that followed had done so, and I'll tell you why I think they followed him. <laughs> and here's the thing. They followed him in many cases because they thought whatever problem they had, they watched him heal others or perform miracles or cast out demons. And maybe they had a need and thought, man, if we keep hanging with this guy, things could change for us. And, and sometimes they weren't really following him because he was the Messiah. They were following him because of what he could just do for them. And what we want to teach people is who Christ is. And that he performed many and looking for some sort of physical healing in some cases. Now, I don't think he turned them away, but he gathered them together. And sometimes we have a tendency to push people off or put people off because we disagree with their 
belief system. And what we don't want to do is push people away. We want to draw them in. And so getting into a dialogue with them, and this is why we have to be strong in our foundational beliefs, I'm not talking to them so they can change me. I'm talking to them so I can tell them truth. Amen? When Paul went out, and you go to Acts 17, and Paul was out there, and he met with a group of people one day and taught them about a what? Unknown what? God. They had this thing, and this scripture was written to an unknown God. And so who was Paul talking to? He wasn't talking to a group of saved people. He was talking to a crowd of unsaved people. And he wasn't there speaking to them because they agreed with him. He was speaking to them because he knew they were in error in their thinking. And what he desired to do was teach them who this unknown God is. And so sometimes you're going out and we have disagreements and we we don't have the same belief system. But the fact is, is that we want to teach them. And I believe that's what Christ had in mind. And when he taught them, it does not say only those that were in agreement with him. He simply says he taught them. Not because they agreed with him, because he wanted them to know truth. And the Bible clearly says, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is what, folks? It's truth. And that's what we want to give to people. Now, certainly, we can see as set forth in the scriptures, he taught them the word of God. And his teachings were for the purpose of bringing the lost to a saving knowledge, to understand who he was and what he was truly offering them. Yet the focus was more on what Christ could do, I think, sometimes just to fix the immediate problem. Sometimes we have those types of people, don't we? They're coming to us because they have a problem and they want it fixed. And and, and they come to the house of the Lord sometimes thinking, well, this is my last resort. i got to go to God now. (laughs) And, And they come to the house of God in that condition. But that's not for us to push them the way. Those are the kinds of people you get a hold of them and you begin to talk to them. And let them know that, yeah, maybe a physical need could be met or, you know, maybe something could be taken care of for them. But their real need is to know who Christ is. And so you give them what they really need. And so we use those as teaching times, as tools. And you say, Pastor, I've done that, man. It's such a waste of time. Listen, when you're giving someone the word of God, you are never wasting your time. You're not. You give them truth and let God work on their heart. We teach them. And I want you to consider this. As we go into our community, not all are interested in what we have to say about Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that? (laughs) They're not interested sometimes. You know, and and Brother Dale and I were out and we could tell. uh, There were times we were knocking on doors and, and, and they just weren't interested. And then Dale was able to make a connection with people just saying, hey, what is your name, Paul? Oh, okay, Paul. You know my brother. And the man, I'm telling you, I was loving that. Because then all of a sudden, you watch something happen. You know what happens? It's almost like someone just took the barrier and broke it down. Now the door was open. And we could talk to him about his relationship with the Savior. You see, God can break down doors. Can he not? Amen? Can God knock down doors? He can tear down barriers. People want to know that we really care about them. The Bible says of some have compassion making a difference. So we have to show that kind of compassion, not just that we want something from them or that we just want them to come to our church or we just want them to believe what we believe, but we need to think as Christ thought. And when he got with the multitude, he taught them. 
He taught them. And so here's the idea. We, we've got to be mindful of some things. It does not stop us from bringing the message to them. We need to bring the message. We need to take the message. We need to tell them the message of Christ Jesus. But we need to find out who they are. And maybe uh, just for a moment in time, and you can ask Brother Dale, several doors that we went to, they, they would be almost stiff. And then I would say to them, is there anything we can pray for you about before we go? And all of a sudden, again, showing kindness, showing compassion, showing care. Do you understand? Not just, we're here. Take this. You need to be over here at 930. And, and you know, we can't have that kind of a spirit. And, and we can't say, well, listen, you know, what you believe, that's just stupid. <laughs> you can't say that kind of stuff. Amen. Even no matter how stupid it might be, we can't use that terminology. We can't put them down for a belief system that they've grown up in all their life. What you have to do is reach them where they are. Hey, listen, they're already kind of on the same page with us a little bit here. Are you with me? <laughs> they already believe in Jesus, if you will, but maybe they have never trusted Jesus as Savior. <laughs> Some believe things that their baptism is going to take them to heaven. And we've got a lot in our community like that. When you speak to them, they believe that they're going to heaven because they've been baptized. And, 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 and you know, if you can develop a relationship with them and talk to them, maybe God can tear down that barrier and give you an opportunity to talk with them beyond that. What brings you to that belief system? You see, they've been brought up in something all their life. Now, I believe the word of God changes hearts. I don't believe anger and presenting it in a conflicting way and attacking people is the way to go about it. We, we don't want to be contentious in that way. We want to teach them. We want to teach them the truth. Now, as I share that thought with you, we must be mindful that we need to teach them. It's not always a Sunday school class or a Sunday morning service that they're going to get it, although needful. But uh, often, I believe teaching times come in a moment of time sometimes, right? There's just a moment. When I called Todd Wigan and he, I told him, I said, hey, listen, I said, I just called. I said, God laid you on my heart, and he did. And when I spoke to him on the phone, he said, for what? I said, I don't know. I said, I just started praying for you, Todd. And I said, I just want to see how you're doing. He goes, I'm actually in the doctor's office. And he said, I had, a, had a, almost an attack. I thought I was having a heart attack. And he said, my blood pressure went way up. I said, well, listen, I said, let me pray with you now. And I prayed with him on the phone. And here's the thing. What if me and Chris and Jim just go over to see Todd one day? I just call him up, guys, and say, hey, listen, we just want to come over and see how you're doing. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. And we go over to his office, and we just sit down with him and say, hey, Todd, listen, we just came over. We don't want anything. We just wanted to see how you're doing. I want to let you know, as a businessman in our community, we're praying for you. We're praying for your business. Is there anything specific we can pray for you about? Now I want to ask you guys, how might that change the mind of an individual? That could change our thinking, couldn't it? That could change their thinking. What if me and Chris and Jim or maybe some of you ladies think this way too, of people that you might be able to impact in the community that way, that I call up the mayor. And I say, Mr. Mayor, we just want to come down and talk to you for a few moments. Hey, listen, we appreciate the work that you're doing in our community. We just came by to say hello to you. We wanted to pray with you for just a few minutes. Is there anything specific that we can pray for you about? How could that change a person's life? 
How could that open a door of opportunity for us to really speak to someone? How may that give us an opportunity to teach where maybe the barrier was up and it can come down? Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach. Teach. Teach others also. Consider the opportunities that may be given to us and to try and get someone to church, but an opportunity to teach. Are we passing them by at times? The other morning I went over to the marathon here and Mary was over there and uh, she was talking to one of the gentlemen and I can't remember the whole conversation just as yet and I'm getting a coffee and, 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 and oh, I know what it was. She had uh, rodents at her house, some sort of possums or something. I don't know what it is going on and they were trying to get cages or whatever and try to catch these things and get them away or whatever it was. And she cussed. And I was standing there and I was pouring my coffee and she looked up and she saw me. And so, and of course, she knows I'm Pastor Warning from over at Calvary. So I came around the corner, and the guy's standing there, and, and she says, while I'm standing there, she goes, you know, I probably should have prayed about that. <laughs> and so, but here's the thing. I want to win those ladies to Christ. Amen? Hey, people cuss, man. Have you been around? <laughs> people cuss. I mean, they don't think a thing about it. I mean, it is just like part of their dialogue. And we want to win them to Christ. Amen? And so what I did was, as I said, hey, I'll pray with you about your possums. Well, they're not my possums. <laughs> well, I'll pray that you get rid of your possums then, you know. So think about it. Consider the opportunities that may be given to us to not try to just get someone to come to church, but that we might reach them with Truth. Are you with me? Talk to them. Teach them. If we're going to impact them spiritually, I believe it just, not just trying to get them to come in, but showing them the love of Christ. You know, the love of Christ can take time, and you say, man, we're running out of time. we got to do it like right now. Bless God, I'm not leaving here till you get saved. Well, sometimes people aren't going to do that. <laughs> what you need to do is make a connection with people. Amen? Now, I haven't stopped praying for Paul Sager, by the way, Dale. I mean, he's still on my mind. I can see the man standing in his doorway. Same thing with Paul Sturtwald. It hasn't left my mind. You know what I mean? I can't get them out of my head. And you say, what's wrong with you? Do you really think that way? Yeah, I think about these people all the time. Like they need to be in God's house, amen? But how can we teach them? Teach them what they really need. It's necessary to go out among the unsaved and encourage them to follow Christ. Now, here's the thing. In verse 14, and he passed by the, uh, uh, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, that's Matthew who he's talking about, uh, at the receipt of custom and said unto him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Now I want to tell you something. First of all, the teaching took place, didn't it? He said he, he taught them, didn't he? Then he said to Levi, do what? Follow me. You see, now you may have an opportunity. He goes on and he says, And it came to pass that as Jesus said, it meet in the house with many publicans and sinners, in his house with many publicans and sinners, set also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. He, he, went, to, he went to Matthew's house and a bunch of publicans and sinners show up. I, I mentioned to someone today, I said, I could imagine if I was down in Sydney and maybe there was a known prostitute on the street and I happened to be standing there sharing the gospel with them, I can't imagine what Calvary would say. <laughs> I can't imagine what Calvary would think. 
And, and the reality is, is, can you imagine what the world must have thought when Jesus was sitting with the woman at the well? What kind of woman was she? And sometimes we're trying to reach out to people. And, and, and their condition, their, 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 what they look like and all the things they're going through. Hey, listen, we're in a crazy world today. How many of you agree with that? I mean, it's crazy out there today. I mean, people, the way people think and the act and the things they do and the things they say. You know, I, I, I shared with you, I went to a McDonald's and I walked into the McDonald's and the guy had tattooed his entire face. And on his face it said, eyelids, eyebrows, and on his ears, it said ears, on his nose, it said nose, over his lips, it said lips, I mean, I mean, it was insane, on his throat, it said throat, I'm not joking, do you know what that man needs, you said someone with laser treatment, right, and, and the reality is, is what he needs is Christ Jesus, amen, can you imagine if God would turn him from that unto himself, what kind of testimony that man could have. Are you with me? So here it is. We're required to bring the lost. Now, having shared it, it's not just our goal to get them into the church house. We do want to encourage them to follow Christ. It's my position that this ministry is following Christ. I think we are. I think we're, we're, we're teaching and preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's, there's nothing wrong. We're standing with the King James and, 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 you know, we're preaching and teaching. We're not changing our music and changing our standards. We're not doing any of those things. But Here's the idea. We want people to have a desire to follow God, not Calvary. We want them to desire to follow Christ. And so we need to teach them. And it's not because of the building or its style or the number of people we have or however, uh, you know, status somebody has in the community or whatever. It's nothing like that, folks. It is that folks need the Lord. And we have to see it that way. And we want to bring the lost in, encouraging them to come and hear what the Lord has for them, their life and their families. It's not just about a program that we have. It's the Christ who possesses us that should bring them. Amen. And here it is. Our programs will come and go, but Christ remained the same. Amen. And, and programs come and go all the time in and out of churches. What, what they need is Christ Jesus. They need the foundational things to help them grow in the salvation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, when I see him sitting there with publicans and sinners uh, and sitting down to dinner with them and they followed him, I don't think he just sat down and began to eat. I think that teaching time was still going on. <laughs> I think he sat with them because he wanted to teach them truth. One of the greatest things you can do is open this Bible and show someone else what God has to say. Sometimes we need to speak less and tell them what God said more, amen, and a little less of ourselves. Uh, it may put us in the position to sit and eat with those that don't know Christ, a person of a different social status than us, <laughs> A, a person that, that we may look and think, well, man, you know, that's, that's different. I want to tell you, Levi was different than Jesus Christ, was he not? <laughs> Matthew was different. The publicans were different. The sinners were different. And the Pharisees were like, oh, oh look at those guys. What are they doing? Oh, they're eating with publicans and sinners. And, and the idea is this. In other words... When I look at this, this specific tax collector, he was despised by the Jews. The publicans themselves were despised by the Jews. The sinners were people who didn't uh, agree with the Pharisaical interpretation of the law. 
That's who, that's who we're talking about here. And so uh, they uh, sat and ate with Jesus. In other words, people who disagreed with Christ, he ate with them, but it was for the purpose, I think, of teaching them again. And sometimes we get with folks and we sit down and, uh, I mean, when is the last time you invited a sinner to your home to sit down with you? And you say, well, I ate with you last week, Pastor. And uh, you say, hey, when's the last time we sat down with a sinner and tried to have a meal with them and talk to them? How many of you are understanding what I'm getting at tonight? Are you with me? We have to say, hey, listen, I'm not talking to them because they're going to change me because I'm not going to change <laughs> I believe Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ died and rose again for me. Amen. I'm saved. What I want to do is reach them with the gospel message. And so this is a, not just a time of fellowship with Christ. It's a time of teaching Christ. And many were unsaved. And he and his disciples sat with these individuals. And, and listen, it angered these Pharisees that this was happening. They got upset because they were sitting there doing this and, and talking and teaching. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment. When we go door knocking or canvassing or soul winning, many can perceive that our only goal is just to get them into our building so we can count them as a number. I don't want to just get people here to count them as a number. I want to get people here that are unsaved and teach them about Christ that they get saved and that, that they can have a victorious Christian life, that they can, through the ministries of this church, uh, grow in their Christian faith. That, that, that is the real purpose behind the church. And the preaching that takes place here often is for the preaching and teaching to those that are saved so that we're motivated to go do what we need to do. And, and the reality is, is that we have to bring the sinners in, but we have to say we're not just trying to get them in here. People in our community need to know that we care beyond these four walls and that we're interested in them and that helping them with their need, with their primary need being Christ Jesus, but that we're willing to help them with where they are. Where are they in their life? Now, they may be unsaved, and you've got to move them from unsaved to saved, amen? But it might take time. Get to know them a little bit. Maybe, maybe learn a little bit about them and where they stand and ask God to give you opportunity to share the gospel with these folks. Now, people in our community need to know this. We cannot just be someone who will they, they will come to and say, well, they'll show up at the door and... They need spiritual assistance, just like they need an accountant or they need a lawyer. And they're going to come here because they need a spiritual person just to give them some advice so they can go on. We want to minister to them. We want to teach them. We want them to grow in their Christian faith. We don't want to be an accountant and a lawyer. We want to be ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be ministers of the faith. We want to be ministers of the truth and bringing forth that truth. And I got to thinking this type of compassion can only be demonstrated by interacting with people. You have to interact with them. You have to talk to them. Get outside our comfort zone. I shared the story. I was in Colonial Beach, and I remember walking in, and I walked into a McDonald's, and, man, there were some dudes in there, and they were some big dudes. And they were semi-pro football players. They weren't pros. They were semi-pros. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. That means halfway there, right? <laughs> They're halfway there. And I walked in, and all those men were standing there, and the Lord just impressed upon my heart witness to these guys. And I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm like down here, and they're like up here, and I'm trying to talk to these guys. Wanting to find out who they are. Talking to them. Finally, I had a little circle of them standing around me wearing McDonald's, and I'm handing them tracks. <laughs> and I wanted to know what they were doing there. They began to have a dialogue with me, and then I told them uh, that I was a pastor at, at Westmoreland at the time. 
And one of the things that happened is two of them just gone, but three stayed. And they began to listen, and you begin to talk, and you begin to dialogue with people. And God can open up doors because people are different than us. Don't be distracted by that. Man seeth the outside, but God seeth the what? He sees that heart, doesn't he? And we need to be interested in the hearts of people. And so this type of compassion can only be demonstrated as you interact with people. And, and even when they and we have a different belief, but our goal should be a higher calling than that. Now think about this. This says this in Jude. This is, this is a challenge to us. In Jude, it said, and if some have compassion, making a difference. Now listen to this. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. In other words, we're going out among them and trying to reach them, and sometimes you're reaching down, and we ought to be fearful that we're not going to become spotted, that we're not going to become blemished by reaching out to them. There ought to be that fear in our hearts, but the fact is is that sometimes you've got to reach down and pull them from the fire. And folks, listen, people's lives are a mess. And I know we live in a community that's kind of covered up, <laughs> And we do. But I promise you, there's a lot of basement problems in this community that people don't even know about. There's things going on that we can't even imagine. And if you think the drug problem's only outside of here, boy, have we got it wrong. There's things going on all around us in this community that'll just cause your hair to stand on edge. And the thing of it is, is people need Christ, not a religion. Amen? They need to know Him. And so we do need to bring them in. So... Here's the idea. It's not for the purpose of us changing or for the purpose of increasing our numbers, but showing compassion to the lost and helping, helping them see Christ and helping them see that Christ can meet their need, the need that they really have. And so be mindful that our purpose is to win the lost Christ, not increase our attendance. Therefore, we must approach our community for Christ's sake and win the lost for the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says, and God giveth thee what? God gives the increase. We do our part. God gives the increase. He'll do that for us. He'll take care of that portion as we take care of our part. So it's necessary to help the unsaved understand Christ's purpose. I also believe that not only do we teach them, we bring in the lost, then we really disciple them. Teaching somebody that it's important to get saved and important to get baptized and discipling somebody, really coming up alongside of him. I watch what Christ says here in verses 16 and 17. And he said, And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician. They that are whole have no need of a physician. Now, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I believe this place is a hospital. This place is a hospital. And sin-sick people come here, and we're going to try to help them see the healing properties that are in Christ Jesus. Through salvation, through truth, through the preaching of the word, through singing and fellowship and service and all those wonderful things that we do. But they have to know that we have compassion in our heart and that we truly care about them and we reach out to them. When I look at this, 
They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Do you know, I'm not so sure he wasn't really directly just saying right to them Pharisees, hey, you listen, you bunch of sinners. <laughs> you need to get right with God. And we need to have our hearts right with God. It's necessary to help the unsaved understand Christ's purpose. So the world and even believers might attest to this approach, but we go with purpose, not for the purpose of changing, but to reach a sin-sick world. I think many that sit in the house of God, maybe you've been spiritually healed. Maybe you're okay. Maybe you're doing fine. <laughs> but do you know there's people outside these walls that are not, and they need Christ. I, you know, the salvation gets that person started, and then they have this relationship with the Lord, but how to lead a fulfilling Christian life. How do they do that? How does that happen for them? Perhaps you are not sin sick, but many are. <laughs> I know every day if I'm not in the Word of God, I need the Word of God every day. I need it to help me. And, and, and I think about this. Maybe you're at the place that you have that fulfilling Christian life, but there are those that don't. And there are some that are sin sick and many that need Christ. And we've got to go out among them. And, and it's not that we're becoming them. It's that we've got to go out among them. But to reach out and reach them, sometimes we have to find out where they are in their point of life. And maybe even their point of view. Not everybody that's an atheist is an atheist, by the way. <laughs> they just say it to push people off. And sometimes listen to people. And maybe an opportunity will arise where you can tell them about our God. That unknown God, that thing that they don't understand, just like Paul did. Amen? And he went and he told them. And he, in the end of all of that, just go read Acts 17. And it says, and he declared unto them. You see, that's our responsibility. We declare this unto these people. We declare this truth. And we take it to them. Perhaps... We need to just really think as in Luke 14, 22, through, uh, 22 and 23, he said, And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there's room. We've got room, folks. There's room. Amen. And here's what he said. And yet there's room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled compelling them to come in. We're going out in the highways and hedges. Now, we use that for the bus ministry all the time. I've heard more bus messages on going into the highways and hedges and compelling them to come in, and that's a wonderful thing. And we need to run the buses, and we need to reach the kids. But listen, we need to reach the families. We need to reach the homes. We need to reach the adults. We need to reach people that are seemingly unreachable. And I want us to think about the people that our Savior witnessed to. And you think about it, he went to the madman of Gadarenas. Now, if I had given you that as a visit on Thursday night, Brother Jim, you might think, well, I don't know, Pastor. You know, that guy's up there running in the hills and screaming and cutting himself, man. He's acting like a wild man. And you want me and Lori to go talk to him? But whenever that man then had Christ in him, what does it say in the scriptures? He was clothed and in his right mind and at the what? Feet of Jesus. Think about how he went to this woman at the well, and this woman at the well comes up, and he's talking to her, and, and it's one-on-one, -on -one, isn't it? The madman of Gadarenes is one-on-one. -on -one. And then I thought about how he yelled up to Zacchaeus that day, and he said, come on down, I must abide in thy house. A publican, a sinner, a tax collector, a, do you see what I mean? 
Look at the various people that he was going, and social status was not an issue. What is, is the souls of men and women. And so we bring them in, and then we have the responsibility to disciple them. It's not just a message. It's that we bring them in and tell them about the great physician. Who is this great physician? <laughs> that great physician is Christ Jesus. Not only can he heal you from an eternal hell, amen, he can help you in your life. He can help you in your marriages, in your relationships, in raising your children and your families. And it's amazing what Christ is capable of doing. And listen, there are a lot of people just want to come in and they just want to give them a try. <laughs> How many of you are really praying for Preston and Natasha? Amen? Pray for Preston. He's starting to get it. <laughs> I'm praying for God to do something in that man's life. Amen? And here's the thing. How many more of those families are out there that need Christ Jesus? How many of those families do you know tonight? How many of them are you aware of? How many can you bring into the house of the Lord and say, listen, I want you to meet the real healer. His name is Jesus. And then you're willing to invest in them. You're willing to invest some of your time into them. You're willing to disciple them. And you say, that's just through the Sunday. We'll just do that through the Sunday. Sunday school is a wonderful thing, and we need it. And there are people that do grow and all that wonderful stuff. But sometimes you got to get some people to where they st begin to understand what their need is, and then you get them plugged in. Because they're not ready to plug in just yet. And we got to help them get plugged in. Now, how is it that you eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, <laughs> They as a whole need not a physician, amen? The sinners need to come to hear the message of Christ, and this can cause all of us to get out of our comfort zone in our community. He said in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? They're not going to inherit it. The Bible says, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then the phrase that he says next, wow. And such were some of you. We were just like that. That's who we were before Christ. And I want you to think about this. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Listen, folks, we must not just be seen as a people who just want to get numbers in our church. We have to be seen as a people who care about those in our community. We cannot just be a, a, a crowd pleaser. We want to be Christ-centered. We want to go out and teach them. We want to bring them in, and we want to disciple them. Our challenge then is this. How do we, as a church body, reach our community? How do we show them that we care and are not just interested in getting them to show up here? How can we really reach out to the folks that are all around us? How can we do that? Not just your pastor, not just his wife, not just his family. How can we as a church body really begin to reach our community for Christ? Making a spiritual impact on others. Let's pray.